Welcome to the Cocktail Guru Podcast. A show about food, drink, and entertainment. With a tight focus on the good life. And all things delicious, luxurious, and fun. I'm Jonathan Pogash, bartender, author, and the host of Cocktails the Grand Tour. And I'm Jeffrey Pogash, wine and spirits professional, author, insatiable collector of culinary ephemera, and so people tell me, an engaging raconteur. And my dad. I'm a little thirsty, Dad. How about you? I'm always thirsty, John. Yes, you are. But fortunately, I have my Mexican mule right by oh, my yeah. side. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm ready for a Mexican mule. I'm using uh, a lovely, delicious tequila called La Tromba. La Tromba. Mm, Very well, lovely. Well, Tromba, it's, it's named for La Tromba, which is the tumultuous bursts of rainfall. Um, and we'll make, what are we going to make here? We're going to make a Mexican mule, right? Yes, well, I already made. Oh, mine. you already did it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking already, John. I'm going. <laughs> you've been drinking mm, since mm, you woke mm, up. Mm. Um, and do I love tequila? Mm. I just love tequila. I know. I thought. Well, I actually thought that tequila would be a uh, an apropos drink for uh, today's very special guest. You know. Oh, of course. Hold on. Let me just very special guest. Just top off with some ginger beer and add a dehydrated citrus wheel. And we'll cheers. Dad, cheers. Cheers, John. Always great to see your face and hear your voice. And here's mm. cheers mm. to our guest, who we will introduce in a minute. But this must be a very popular yachting drink, I would think. Oh, I think I think the yachties is, love I think they love tequila. Um, which is why this is a tribute to our next guest. And it's uh, it, mm. it it can be uh can be dangerous um because these drinks are very tasty. Uh and we always want to keep in mind that we imbibe responsibly, um, but on yachts, I would have to say that um, you know people, obviously the staff keep that in mind, but oftentimes it does uh, get a little unmanageable. And we'll we'll bring on our guest, and she can talk a little bit about how things are managed on board yachts. Dad, you wanted to, Dad, well, Dad first yes, of all, Dad, Dad said, Dad said, Dad said, Jonathan, do not do the intro. Let me do the intro. So I said, all right. I'm, it's because I'm in awe of our next guest. That's right. This is one of my fantasies come true. Oh, God. Our, this yes, it is. Because <laughs> it is. Our guest is a very that special is so, one. That is a little creepy. It's a well, little, it might be, but it's tr- I'm, I'm speaking from the heart. Jonathan knows that I have been a fan of the television show Below Deck ever since I first laid eyes on our next guest. Aww. That's right. She was the first stew on season one. And from that moment on, I was hooked. And my enthusiasm continues to this very day. Even though the lovely Adrienne Gang is no longer a regular on the show, she has, however, made an occasional guest appearance. And I might add, not without controversy. Of course, I mean, that's what the show is all about. So welcome, Adrian Gang, and here is to you. Cheers! Yay! Yay! Adrian, hi. Mm. You're Hello. drinking. A, you're drinking a Mexican mule as well. I am. You sent me all the fun stuff to make it, so how could I not? Uh, and, and really, any excuse to drink in the middle of the afternoon with some of my favorite people. So I'm down. Fine. Thank you. We agree. Awesome. Thank, Good. Thank you so much for the compliments. That was really very sweet. And prior to this, I I know that Jonathan has mentioned to me when we've met up in person before that you were a fan of the show, but I did not know 
quite to what depth. So I very much well, appreciate that. To what extent? You'll never know. Because <laughs> I started I started watching when season one began, but because of this silly pandemic that we're in the middle of, I have seen without exaggeration with and I've forced my lovely wife to watch as well. And she has now become a fan as much as I am. Amazing. We have we must have watched at least every episode, every episode so far of Below Deck ten times over. Seriously. That, what? You got Seriously. Me beat then. Yeah, because we spent almost two years sitting around oh watching television Dad. instead of yes, because we couldn't go out. We wanted to quarantine. Dad, are you guys okay? <laughs> like what is John? As long like, as I really, have, I'm I'm worried. I'm, as long as I have my La Tromba Mexican mule, okay. I'm fine. But I'm first of all, real, hold on, and real a little quick. bit of below deck for some escapism. You know, it's it's okay. pure escapism. Hold on, real quick before no. we before we go on, um, we always ask our guests, Adrian, what their desert island cocktail is. So, uh, what is your desert island drink? That is, you know, if you're stranded. And you know, you know what it would be like being stranded on a desert mm. island um, uh-huh. without without the amenities that you might have at a private Bahama island, bah- bah- Bahamian, I, I don't know, Bahamian, Bahamian, Bahamian island. island, Caribbean island, How's Caribbean that? island. Um, <laughs> what, what is that? What is that drink? Um, if I'm using things that are on island or somebody just like drops me off a box and says, good luck. Like if Jonathan um, is shipping me a box of something. No, no, no. There's right. well, no, there's no. Well, yes. Oh, sure. If I'm going to ship you something and it can only be one thing, then what would that be? Hmm. I would have to say breakfast margaritas would be my, my go to. Mm. You can it's yes. acceptable to drink them at any hour of the day. Not that if I'm stranded on a desert island, like I would give it crap. But um, but yeah, I would say a breakfast margarita. I am actually. Mm quite famous for the breakfast margarita. We actually had um, a camp at Burning Man a handful of years ago that was called Morning Margarita Madness. And we served 10,000 breakfast margaritas in 10 days in sippy cups to hungover stragglers that would walk past our camp. So, And wait a second, you made them? I did, yeah. You must have had a crew of 100 people working with you, no? No, no, we just made a whole bunch of them. I actually had an entire U-Haul that was full of all the ingredients that we needed, which is actually pretty minimal, to be honest with you. But And and all the sippy cups, obviously. So, Mm. yeah, there was three of us that were working for a couple hours a day. That that was our – when you come to Burning Man, you're supposed to gift something to the burn, and that was what we did is we offered – hangover relief in the morning so you could just keep the buzz going is really what it was because they are not um they're not light drinks they're sailor drinks they're if you have a couple of them it'll knock you down i promise but they're really good so Mm, i can't wait to try it so are you are you burners is that is that what is is that what we call it yeah 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 i've been to burning man seven times now I have always gone in the capacity of being a chef at a camp. So I cook. Yeah, I I cook while I'm at Burning Man. I've gone one time where I was just a participant. um, But the rest of the times I'm hired to be there for a camp. So usually if there's more than 50 people, it's more economical to bring a chef and bring a kitchen set up and refrigerator Mm. trucks with all the food and all that fun stuff. Holy crap. Well, these are and and these are people. These are people of a certain um, 
Income threshold. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. One of the camps that I go with is a camp of 80 millionaire swingers. So you have to meet uh-huh. the income threshold in Adrian, order to be invited. Adrian, my mind, you were saying earlier while we were trying to set up that it looked like my mind was going to blow. Like, literally, <laughs> well, what, what you just said right now is in inside i am bursting uh because well, i just wanted to know as much as i, I possibly can about what I, you just I said i think we i think we have just focused the attention of this podcast to what adrian just said there you go the I focus mean, has been switched it. it's, a, it's a great group of people i have a lot of fun with them and i still see a lot of them all the time i just did a three-week road trip and i stayed with a couple of them on my way back down to florida like Amazing group of people, unbelievable camp that we have that we set up every year. Obviously, the last two years it didn't happen, but um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and we do a lot of really cool charitable stuff for Burning Man too, because that's a big element of participating in it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's our camp is not nearly as exciting as the Orgy Dome or the Human Petting, oh. petting Zoo that Ooh. are a block or wow. two away from us, <laughs> but still very entertaining. <laughs> Is wow. my dad still there? Yes. I'm still here. Am I, oh. am I'm blushing in front of your dad. I'm blushing, but I'm still here. I don't think those words have ever been said in front of my dad while I've been around, at least. <laughs> I think it's well, it's really interesting because the the personality that most people garner from my experience on the show shows me is pretty uptight and pretty unsympathetic and a little bit bitchy sometimes, but it doesn't. Most certainly, I don't feel like encapsulates really who I am as a person. I mean, for what it's worth, that was the most stressful six and a half weeks of my life. I had worked on the project for several years before we even started filming. So I had a lot more skin in the game than the rest of my cast. And so I took it a lot more seriously because I was not there to film a TV show. I was there to do my job to the best of my ability to represent the other people in my industry and happen to be on a TV show at the same time. And that was not exactly the mentality of the rest of the people on my cast, which created an unfortunate rift that was never really repaired. I didn't get along with most of the people on my cast because I felt like they were there to screw off and drink on charter and give me smug looks and eye rolls most of the time for the purposes of entertainment, which I understand that's still part of what we're doing, but it was rough. It was it was really hard. And I don't feel like... A majority of who I really am and how much fun I do have and all of that really came across on the show at all. Uh, So now I have my own podcast, too, where I get to really let people in on a little bit more of my personality, which is a lot of fun. So Gangplank. Yeah, Gangplank Report. You recap um, episodes for the TV show. After they air, so that comes out on Wednesdays after the Monday episodes, and then we also do super fan interviews. So we're—I didn't know it, but we're obviously going to have to have your dad on the podcast. Oh, uh, super fan! He's well, considered a super fan. I listened I to your interview today, just this morning, with a guy named David Yontif. Uh huh. And that was that was very interesting. He's a and, good dude, uh, and he's really yeah. interesting. He's tapped into a lot more of the entertainment industry than I am. I don't watch any other Bravo shows. I just watch Below Deck because a lot of the other ones I don't find terribly relatable or interesting. Sure, no sure. But and not like you guys are on the shows. But it's, it's just not interesting content for me for the most part. So Below Deck is really the only thing mm-hmm. I follow 
but he has his fingers in just about every other uh, show on Bravo that exists. And so some of his takes on things and the way that he sees the way that Bravo plays with editing was really fascinating to listen to in that interview. I, I really enjoyed having him on too. So you're next. You're up. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I watch every Bravo show. I'm just as much a fan of yes. Housewives of Beverly Hills and Orange he re- County he really in is. New York we, City. We yeah. hear about it all the time. And when you said no offense about the content of other Bravo shows, my dad definitely took offense to that because he... Uh, <laughs> he wasn't on them. So if it was something that he no. was on, I might have been a little bit more careful about my verbiage. But... But I get it. I get why other people like it. It's just not for me. And on top of which, I don't have most of the time either satellite TV to watch it on the boat to follow it. So it's enough of a mission for me to try to follow below deck when I'm traveling. But it's also for me, like, I don't know. It's not necessarily the same kind of escapism for me. Even below deck is not escapism for me. It stresses me out more than you can. Oh, yeah, I'm like, sure it does. Yes, you know, you know whatever you're doing. in the you're in the industry and you yeah. are on the show. So I'm like, why did he do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why didn't they do this? Why did they do that? Why do they have this person on instead of that person? Adrian, yeah. you brought up you brought up a very interesting thing just now, where you said uh, that 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 guest David has an interesting perspective on the editing. Um, of the show, I have a fruit fly flying around me. Um, uh, that the editing, uh, it is, it, it really is. I think it's, I think it's safe to say it's masterful editing. Um, that is, oh, it, yes, it, with the episode, yes. and that it's even, um, that it's all about. And, and sometimes when I see it, I'm like, wow, it, I feel like it's all about the editing. Um, you 100%. Know, when they, so yeah. the way that they do things usually is that they'll start filming and usually like one or two charters in, they start to garner storylines because the first mm-hmm. episode or two, you're just getting to know the cast. So there's really right. not usually much of a storyline and so, unless something crazy or cat- catastrophic happens right off the bat, like what happened with my season where we had to kick off the first group of charter guests because they brought drugs on the boat. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was not actually the episode that they wanted to start my season with. They wanted to put it further back in the season so that we didn't start off with something so dramatic. So it was interesting that that was a part of the conversation that they could flip flop episodes like that to their benefit if they thought it was necessary for the storyline. So the way that they do it is they let the first episode or two play out and then they start building story arcs. And once they start to see like love interests happen or love triangles happen or tension between crew members, then what they will do is when they know that those crew members are interacting, they will make sure that there's sound and um, audio and visual Mm -hmm. camera operators there to like pay more attention to those people because there is some kind of a story they're trying to follow. So Hmm. it's a really interesting thing like that's how I started to pick up on what was really important we actually had less camera operators on my show than they've had ever since then because they realized how much content they missed quality wise because they didn't have enough people on the boat to pay attention to what the deck team was doing outside and the captain is doing in the wheelhouse and the stews are doing inside if you've only got three camera people you can't get all the angles that you want and you can't be in six places at once and they yeah. learned their lesson, hmm. I think, on ours. Because when I finally saw our 
episodes air, our season finally came out because it took them a year and a half to edit our show before it ever aired. So we filmed and then we waited a year and a half, which might be the most nerve wracking experience ever besides Mm. filming. Um, Once it finally aired, I was like, they completely left out like big things that happened. And I found out later that it was because they didn't have good footage of it because they just didn't have enough camera operators. So it's weird how it's evolved and how they have learned their lessons really from, from all of that. So, I mean, good on them. It's a massively successful show. I'm, I'm proud of the effort that I put into it at the beginning to help what it's become today. I mean, I don't have anything to do with it now except for having a podcast, but it's, it's become an interesting animal to watch grow. That's for sure. And well, you should be proud. Yeah, you should thank be. you. Yeah. It, and I was, I did come back, as you mentioned at the beginning, I did come back for a little stint on season two. And During the all ladies charter. Exactly. And I don't yes. think they did me any favors with that, but <laughs> it was interesting. I had this conversation earlier today when I came back as a guest before I even made it to the island, because we were at the Soggy Dollar in uh, British Virgin Islands on Yost Van Dyke. And when I came back, the before I made it to the beach to meet up with the guests or to see any of my previous crew, the production company pulled me onto their production boat and they said, look, this is what we want you to do. Kat and Amy have this issue. They have this past mm, yes. and they're not talking about it. And we want you to uh-huh. blow this wide open. And if you right. do that, we're probably <laughs> going to bring you back for the next season because we really need somebody Whoa. to be the catalyst for this coming out so that everybody understands what happened and we could talk about it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, younger me was a little bit greedy about it. And I was like, okay, well, if it means I get another season, I guess I'll do it. Turns out that was not the case. But mm. in hindsight, uh, it was the most dramatic thing that happened the entire season. And they got more than they bargained for, I think, with my return. So it was just, it was, it was interesting, but I'm, I'm grateful that my stint with Below Deck is done. I'm happy. Yes, we are. We do want to talk about other things as well, but I had a question, a couple of questions Mm -hmm. in addition. What was it like for you? How did it feel to be served by your former colleagues once you were on that charter that all ladies charter if i'm being honest the details of what that felt like were a little bit fuzzy because i may or may not have had some painkillers before Ah, i got on the boat of course painkillers the drink the drink uh uh-huh yep yep the drink Mm -hmm. from from soggy dollar um and Ah. on top of that they kept plying us with beverages once we arrived. So the actual sit down meal experience was a little bit fuzzy, but I do remember Kate being pretty rude to me. She acted like she was being very hospitable, but we all know what her version of hospitality looks like. So there's that. But of course you looked great on that episode. You looked much more relaxed than in previous episodes. Because I wasn't working. And, and your hair was <laughs> and you were, great too. And you were a little drunk. Oh, and I was a little bit drunk, which never hurts. Absolutely. But I wanted to mention the hair. Oh, the hair. thank you. Because, yes, the hair looked great because Captain Lee made several comments about your hair during those first episodes. If he has, if I'm he not going really to tell you, 
I'm not going to mention what he said. Oh, no. He was pretty rude about it. If he had any yeah. idea how long it actually takes me to do my hair, because my if you notice, my replacement never washed her hair, so she never had to dry it. Like <laughs> I had to wash my hair every single day because it just felt gross, and we were running around sweating. I don't. I, at that point, dry shampoo wasn't really a thing, so I didn't mm. have that as an option. I had to wash my hair every day, and it takes me like an hour to an hour and a half to do my hair every day. And when you're getting that little sleep, and you're being run that ragged, the last thing I'm going to do is wake up an hour early to do my damn hair. Trust me. Was- <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people don't know this, but it actually takes my dad about 45 minutes well, to do his I, hair. I was going to, I was and, going to say Adrian, I can re- I can relate entirely to what you've just said and I think it's because we are both Virgos. Ooh, when's your birthday? August 30th. Oh, 3 so days, days after me. yours. Yeah. yeah, three days after yours. So you yeah. are a perfectionist too. I get it. Well, that's what they say. They say Virgos are known for being practical, sensible, loyal, single-minded in their pursuit of improvement, mm-hmm. and perfectionists. Yes, I would say all that's that. Reply. Yeah, that's yes. apply that, that is you. Tequila involved is the question. Mm. <laughs> what was that? If there's tequila involved. Oh, tequila is always involved. Yes, absolutely. Because I, I'm a big fan of Bloody Marys, but I tend to make more Bloody Marias uh-huh. than Bloody Marys. So we I'm had using tequila for, for Bloody Marias. I hope so. Absolutely. Because it's an absolutely delicious drink. I think it, the interesting part is it seems like, especially on Below Deck, the guests know that espresso martinis are like the thing to order. And so we just see floods and floods of espresso martinis. Yes. Wow. Yes. Man, on yes. board too? It's so oh, funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like that's what almost every guest that comes on that boat at least once or twice during their trip asks for espresso martinis. Why e- that has either, become the thing, I do not know. Either that or champagne. Exactly. Vuv, right. usually yeah. Vuv or or espresso martinis. Well, I see but that it I always... think we can change the tide on this, Jonathan. I think we can get them something <laughs> a lot more interesting than a espresso martini. I, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, you and I have have made cocktails together, and and we've talked about cocktails together uh, in Florida down at some uh, um, yachting industry uh, expos, like the like the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show. Yes. Um, I, I think that's where we first met. Yeah, uh, it actually, was. All we've done a couple of events there together, which is a lot of fun. And I have. think we need to come up with a below deck cocktail. Like this yes. is your your beefy yes. cocktail for every every person who's watching it on Monday night should be drinking it. So wow, we've got to come up with cocktail. something and bottle it. Absolutely, hmm. we will come up with a below cocktail drink, below deck cocktail. Absolutely. We can do it, John. We can do it. That means we have to get together in person so we can quality taste test, you know? Yes, we will. We can do that. We We can do that. I missed you at at the boat show that I attended, which was just before COVID. Oh, in 2019? Jonathan, it must have been 2019. I was looking for you. I was looking for cast members of Below Deck, and I couldn't find anyone. And then all of a sudden, I guess it was the last day, Jonathan takes me by the hand and brings me inside and introduces me to Captain Lee. I couldn't believe it. He was starstruck. My dad was fanboying. He was like a 13-year-old girl at a Justin Bieber concert. Yeah, exactly. That was my first 
fantasy come, below deck fantasy come true, and you are the second. And oh, well, that's the more in, the more interesting yes. of the two. By the way, I I feel yeah. like we will definitely have an opportunity to do hugs in person for sure. Oh and, yes, and very clearly oh, yes. promote our below deck cocktail. So yes, we yes. will do that actively. So now, I did have another quite below deck question. Yeah. I do a lot of research, below-deck research, and other research in general, and I saw somewhere way back when that the original captain of what was renamed Honor Mm -hmm. was Alex? Correct. Is that true? That he was supposed to be the captain? Correct. So he was initially casted as the captain, and I was supposed to be the chef. And we were supposed to have a 130-foot yacht, so we would have had six crew and the two of us, basically the two, well, us and a chief stew running the thing. So we would have only had one other stewardess on board, possibly two, depending, but it's usually run with a crew of six or seven. And once, once we went to the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show with the production team and they realized how small relatively speaking, a 130-foot yacht is, they realized that there was not enough room for production and camera crew and us and charter guests in order to be able to move around a boat that size. So we ended up with a 161-foot boat, the Benetti, which was Honor. And the insurance company refused to allow Alex to be the captain of name on the boat for the show Because Mm -hmm. not because he didn't have the correct ticket to do it, because he did have the paperwork technically, but he didn't have the experience running a boat that big. And the owner was like, to hell with that. You guys can rent my boat, but I'll be damned if I'm going to let some spiky haired 20 year old kid drive my Mm -hmm. multimillion dollar asset around the Caribbean, which which worked out for everybody the best way it possibly could have. Lee did not want to be there season one. He was angry that he yes. had to participate. He was told right. by his boss that if he didn't do it, he was going to get fired and the owner would find right. somebody that would do it. And so he took out all of his frustration, mostly on me, but also on Alex, because he was just mad that he had to be there. And okay. it was that's that made my season infinitely harder than it had to be. But, I mean, from his perspective, I get it. He was an unwilling victim in the whole thing. And... That was going to change his life just as much as it changed the rest of ours. So I get it. On a certain and look level. at him. Look at him now. Yeah, he really hates it now. Can't you tell? <laughs> no, I can't. He seems <laughs> to be basking in the glory. Uh, yeah, very definitely. Yeah. So I would say yeah. that it worked out in his favor in the end. But and you know, yeah, and you know who else I really there are two people I really liked during your season of Dad. Dad. Ben Dad. Ben Robinson was one, and That's David awesome. was the other. Yeah, Dad, Ben's, can, Ben's we, a great can one. we move on? Can we move on from below right. deck, Dad? Okay, all right, okay. Can, Absolutely, <laughs> we can. Now that Please, I've asked I, all I of want, my questions, I I want to really get into the meat and potatoes of Adrian Gang. And Adrian, you are a you're a classically trained chef. Um, I think you did you go to did you go to culinary school? I wasted all my real college money on a philosophy and world religions degree. So I'll let you know how well that worked out. But um, I went back to uh, community college and got my culinary for $600 a semester cash. Half of your culinary degree is on the job training. 
So I did my externships at family-run health food stores. And at the time that I was doing that, so that was 20 years ago, everybody told me I was crazy and only hippies eat health food. And there was, <laughs> I was never going to make any money. And now I hire uh, people. Now I Adrian just people. made a, uh, she just made a gesture with her. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, for those of you who can't. A, fl- a flippant gesture. See her, a a yes. flipping gest- gesture. Yeah. Well, guess, um, guess, guess what my major was in college? Philosophy. There you go. I mean, it's useful. Don't get me wrong, but it's yes. not financially profitable. But it came as a surprise to me f- to learn that you were a chef. I did not, it, you know, I researched this a long time ago, so I did find out several years ago, but it came as a great surprise because I thought you were on below deck to be a stew rather than a chef. Right. Well, initially I was supposed to be the chef and then they decided that they wanted a male for the crew dynamics. And I couldn't Mm. be happier that they got Ben. He was great. He was very entertaining and made my eh, consistently miserable experience uh, during filming a little bit better. So I was grateful to have him there. And I had never been a chief stew before. I have not been one since. I was a chief stew one time for six weeks on a TV show. Um, But... It was a really interesting, and it's not like I haven't interacted with people or worked on boats where I've worked with chief stews before. So I know what the job is. It was just not something that I was mentally prepared to do as far as the management part of it, because I didn't expect what I received. I thought I would have willing participants that wanted to look good so that they could continue working in the yachting industry. And that's not what I got. And, And that was the uphill battle that I dealt with the entire season. And I feel like I have dreamed about having stews that I've seen on other seasons working for me on my season, how much different that experience would have been for me and for everybody involved if I had had people there that actually wanted to be there and do the job. So Kat and Sam were a little unruly. It was hard to keep them in line, wasn't it? But now you've moved on and you are a chef Mm-hmm. On other yacht, you're a freelance chef. I Correct. Understand. Yeah, I still freelance. I'm actually, I'm glad we were finally able to work this out scheduling wise. Um, this is our busy season um, between beginning of November and usually end of February is the busiest time of the year for us when most people are booking charters and then spring break picks up and that gets pretty busy. And then that slows down a little bit. And then we hit Labor Day or Memorial Day all the way through Labor Day is is busy also so i i'm glad that i was actually in town i was supposed to be on a delivery down to st thomas right now but the generator blew up and we had to turn around and come back to fort lauderdale so i'm here <laughs> well i for one am thrilled that you are in oh town me too so i've been wanting to do this. this with you guys like i said any excuse to drink in the middle of the afternoon i'm good with it but not like you need an Absolutely. excuse, but <laughs> no, you, you definitely no, you don't need don't. an excuse. Nobody needs an excuse. And, and how is your family? You now have a family. I do. So yes. Andrew and I have been married for three years now. We actually, I just talked about it not that long ago on the podcast, but mm-hmm. we were expecting our first baby and we had a miscarriage and that was awful, but I'm still optimistic about the future. I'm excited to see what happens next. I don't as many people as I have talked to, because it's kind of surprising how few people talk about it publicly. 
um, as many people as I've talked to privately, it gives me a lot more optimism about the future because I had no idea how many people themselves have gone through that. And being able to hear the stories is really heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. But I'm, I feel better now having talked to all of these people that have gone on to have amazing success stories with their families. And I do uh-huh. still have two puppies that are over here on the uh-huh. couch. <laughs> yes. I've met, so I think I've met babies. one of them. Yeah, I've met one of the babies. I met Buddy. Buddy the boat dog. Yes. Absolutely. Well, many yeah, of us, have... by the way. Say that again? I was going to say many of us have been through the same thing that you went through. So yes. it's wild. Yeah. It's absolutely wild yeah. how many people yeah. and just nobody talks about it, which is it's fascinating to me. And I mean sad, because I feel like there's a lot of people that don't talk about it ever and just feel really lonely. I'm lucky that I have a really amazing support system and my husband's been fantastic and everybody's just been so great about everything. And so to be able to have conversations with people that I know and had no idea because nobody talks about it. So I'm, I'm renewed with optimism for the future and we're not going to stop trying. And I know when that's the best part. Yeah. Isn't that the best part? The practice. Yes. Yes. It's, It's the best part. (laughs) So I'm excited. I, you know, it was, it was a really sad thing to have happen, but again, knowing how frequently it actually does, it makes me feel better and worse at the same time. It makes me feel like I'm not alone. And it makes me feel like the normalcy of the frequency with which that happens makes me feel like I didn't do anything wrong. And I think that's initially your, your emotion about it is like what blaming yourself and what did I do? And then once you find out how, how often it actually happens, you absolve yourself of that guilt, I think. Absolutely. You're you're absolutely right. Practice will make a perfect baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I was talking to Andrew about it last night and I was just saying, you know, I want to wait a little bit because I'm not sure that I could go through that all again so quickly, but (sighs) We can still practice in the meantime. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know, give them, give them some tequila as well, uh, and you know that is a recipe for success. Um, tequila so, making babies since its inception, right? Wow, <laughs> there yes. you go. So that give is- him a give him a Mexican mule. There we go. And bloody Maria's for breakfast. There you go. I love it. I, and like I said, I'm excited for us to come up with our own below deck cocktail. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like once we do that, we'll be in good shape. We'll be rolling in the dough. Well, oh, don't man. worry, Adrian. I've been ruminating since you first mentioned. He's going to, he's going to send me a list of ideas. Most likely. Yes, I am. And then we can buy our own yacht. Ooh, no. even better. Hey, well, you know, I have, I have fantasized This about, is my dream. It's our dream. Well, I fantasized about being a guest on one of these charters. Um, and You know uh, that I have the, the ability to make that happen. So you just got to let me know when you're available. Well, I don't think we should be guests. I think either you or I or both of us, preferably, should work on the yacht as bartenders. Guest bartenders. Well, We'll guest be the guest bartenders, bartenders but also bartenders. Our, our, our executive, our executive producer Carrie just sent me a note that she would like to film this show on a boat. Perfect. Oh. In uh, where sure you're would. hired. From <laughs> Love Island to Below Deck. There you go. She That's right. Lo- well, she works so here's on Love a question Island. for you guys: If you owned a yacht, what would you name it? 
Well, that's that's an interesting question because actually a couple of years ago we we bought a small boat um, because I live I live in uh, you know a, a sailing community uh, in southeastern Massachusetts near Newport. So I, we we have a boat that we have not named yet. It still has the old name, um, which is nothing interesting. Um, so I've been trying to come up with. I think one of my favorite ones, and there's a lot of them, so I wouldn't necessarily use this one because I see it all over the place, but Aquaholics is one of my favorite ones. Aquaholics. I like that. that. It's it's nice and it's kitschy. um, And it's, it'll be, it it could be on, it could make the list. I think Um, my favorite ones, my favorite boat names, because like (laughs) Lady Michelle isn't interesting. You know, Lady Anything or Miss something, Miss Susie or whatever, like, None of those really do anything for me. I get why people do it because, you know, husbands don't want to get divorced from their wives if they want the boat named after them. But I've always thought that the the ones that are my favorite are wordplay ones. And there's some really creative stuff out there. Like Aquaholics is pretty common, but there's some other boat names that I look at and I just go, oh man, these people really know what they're doing. Like they really... Well, if anyone, if anyone out there, if anyone out there in podcast land has recommendations for what we would name our boat, uh, you can throw them in the comments, but uh, we'd love, yeah. If you want to come up with some more suggestions for us, Adrian, uh, that I'm would be game great. For it. Well, we would have to do a play on cocktail guru somehow. So I have two names. Okay. That I come up with. Oh, one man. is, but one is named after my grandmother and Aww. that's Belle, Belle, B-E-L-L-E, Belle. I like it. And the other is named after my wife. It would be Sultana. Mm. S-U-L-T-A-N-A. That's very cute. That's her middle name, actually. And you could even do something like Bella Sultana, which is, I don't know what Sultana means, but. It means queen. There you go. Pretty queen. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure you don't Absolutely. have a bunch of gay guys on your boat, or that might be really weird. <laughs> that would be a little awkward, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, we're, we're just about out of time, Adrian, and this has been a huge pleasure and an honor. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to to come on. Of course. You don't have to twist my arm to do this again. And I, I'm I'm very upset that we're out of time. I know. I well, that to, means I want we to keep going. do it again. Yeah, we're going to have to do it again. We've just barely scratched the surface. And I would very much like to extend an invitation for you to come and join us on Gangplank Report for a super fan interview, because we have a lot of fun with those. And if we do it in the evening, we can drink again. So there's that. Wonderful. (laughs) Thank you very much, Adrian. And hopefully by then we can start promoting the Below Deck cocktail. So there's that. Yes, we will make sure we come up with it before the podcast. Excellent. I, I expect to start seeing recipes pour through my email soon. So, And you will. <laughs> Promise. Promise. Brad is making promises that he may or may not be able to keep. Oh, um, I believe you. I, I believe with all, as thorough as he is, he's a Virgo. He'll get this done. I'm not worried. Yes, I will. Adrian knows. Yep. Um, she knows. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you guys very much. And um, please let me know when we can do this again, because I would love to. Thank you, Adrian. Thank good. you so much for taking the time. To of do this. course. We really absolutely. appreciate it. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Adrian. Take care. Bye. You've made you've made my day. Oh. Thank you. Yes. Bye. And we. That's gonna that's gonna keep going. That's gonna keep going. He's gonna keep talking. This is the longest. <laughs> this is literally the longest outro.
um, that oh, we've ever had. Oh, that's okay. You guys are great. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, take care. Bye, but don't don't okay, leave. Wait, oh, jeez. Okay, okay. Uh, don't leave. And, and bye. Don't leave. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay. Okay, bye. That does it for today's show. To learn more about future guests, visit thecocktailguru.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. The Cocktail Guru podcast is produced by First Real Entertainment and distributed by Eats Drinks TV, a service of the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available via Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, and wherever fine podcasts can be heard.